Hey everyone, it's Meg from Planet. This week, I talked to CEO and co-founder Peter Ackman and his brother Kurt Ackman about their company, Raxar. They're currently out in San Fran participating in the 500 Startups Incubator Program. And I wanted to ask them not only about their company, but also about their experience in the program and what their goals are with customer success. Hey guys, all right, uh, so before we get started, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about Raxar, what you guys do, and why you started the company? Uh, sure. Uh, so Rockstar, we, we got started in 2013. Uh, during that time, I was working as a, um, uh, a vice president at Citigroup running both operations groups and technology groups. And one of the big things that we struggled with within Citigroup and as well as some of these large organizations that, uh, we, that I've been a part of is really looking at the bridge between technical solutions and uh, the people that actually have to use them. So the guys who are the operations folks um, that are already very busy and out in the field. And what we were seeing is there's a big disconnect uh, between uh, the operations guys and the tools that are being provided to them. Either they're too complicated or bulky or just don't meet their business requirements. Um, so since I was running both operations groups and uh, uh, technology groups, I was able to kind of see uh, where that disparity came from. And this is about the same time that, uh, you know, uh, Fitbits and, and sensors uh, were starting to come uh, more prevalent. So we're really looking at kind of uh, the context of who the user is. So thinking about something like a cell phone, where it really knows who you are, where you're at. And we kind of wanted to ask the question is, can we create a much better experience for our users, particularly the guys that are out in the field uh, doing you know, the hard work, um, where things are easier for them, that the information is delivered in a more transparent way, quicker way, and we, lever- and we don't ask kind of silly questions, right? So if you think about somebody out in the field, maybe a, a firefighter who's out on site, you know, not asking him uh, questions, instead just delivering the information based on where their location is and uh, what their particular job role is. Um, so really making that that transition much, much easier for the operations folks. And that's, and that's a big part of what inspired us and got us started. Um, uh, so that's that's primarily kind of our background. And so what we did is we built wh- what I was mentioning, which is this kind of uh, context engine that recognizes, you know, who the person is, where they are. Um, we even integrate with things like sensors to track um, or, or kind of detect things. And basically these Internet of Things type sensors allow us to get much, much better information and deliver the information in a much more straightforward way um, and actually improve the data that's going back to reporting and management um, in a lot more streamlined way. So so one of the examples that we like to, to talk about, which is kind of our original prototype, it's not really an industry example, but the concept of saying, you know, if I have a cell phone, you know, like an iPhone, and I walk into a Costco or an Ikea um, or a big department store, um, it should know that I'm in that store. It should provide me the floor plan and, and navigate me to the things that I want to purchase. But that same application, if I walk into, say, a coffee shop, should ask me, hey, you know, uh, would you like to order the, your, your, your favorite coffee? And here's a 10% discount for, um, for, for, for coming to this shop again. Um, since we, we weren't in the consumer space, uh, we looked at how can we create that similar interaction for our um, industry folks, whether that's for government or for large enterprise, and these guys that already have very complicated roles, and can we leverage, for example, their location, the context of their particular role, or even sensor information to deliver information um, in that same type of intuitive way? So if I'm a firefighter and I'm walking up to a building, 
Uh, shouldn't I be able to quickly click a button and know everything that's in that building and see the floor plan and know if there's any hazards before I even go in? Um, or, you know, if I'm uh, a part of, uh, you know, a Department of Transportation, if I walk up to a bridge, shouldn't I also have the, the, the information of uh, what that bridge, what the last time it was maintained, uh, whether it passed its last inspection and what its lifespan is? Um, but depending on who I am, I should get that information uh, disseminated to me in the in the appropriate ways. So that's how we built our our, our tool, um, which is called the uh, the Great System G R A I T. Uh, it stands for Graphical Real Time Asset Inspection and Tracking System. And essentially, what it is is a platform, an enterprise asset management platform, that we can build vertical specific solutions on top of um, in a matter of hours or days. Um, so that we can meet specific vertical um, requirements, whether those are fire departments, uh, transportation departments, cities, municipalities, or even large enterprises and airports. Yeah, Kurt had mentioned to me when we spoke earlier that your first customer was actually Midway International Airport in Chicago. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and what it was like pitching to them? That's a great question. So with Midway International Airport, we were very fortunate that we worked with a partner of ours um, who actually had spoken to the airport and the airport had indicated that they needed a, a mobile inspection and quality assurance tool for their entire airport. And they wanted that to be mobile. Um, and when they had gone out to the market, they had not been able to find anything that meets their requirements. Um, I had mentioned to you that we have a uh, rapid deployment technology, and this actually allows us to help demonstrate to our customers uh, before we ever implement. So we ask them directly, hey, you know, what are the types of things that you want to collect? What are the types of things that you want to report? Um, and in a matter of uh, a few days, we actually built out their entire airport, um, as well as all of the checklists and reports and, uh, and floor plans and all deployed this through a mobile application uh, without any, you know, without any programming, but we're actually able to do this and deploy this to them. Um, so they actually got to get their hands on it and actually see this firsthand um, when they said, hey, we have a need um, on a Monday. By a Thursday, they were able to see the application in their hands with their airports, with their reports and everything. Uh, and, uh, and that certainly, uh, uh, allows them to say, yes, this is going to make an impact because it's real. Uh, where we see a lot of customer uh, uh, customers uh, have a bit jaded uh, mentality with, with other software providers and what we see with other competitors in our market is that they usually go with a PowerPoint and promise a lot, but never really deliver. Uh, we typically will deliver so quickly uh, that they see the ROI even during the, the discovery phase. Oh my God, a couple of days. I'm sure their heads were like spinning. They couldn't believe that they could have something in their hands that quickly. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> How long is your typical onboarding time like with these types of customers, um, with them being large enterprise and government agencies? We've developed a unique technology that we call a rapid deployment technology. So from a technology standpoint, we can deploy very quickly in a matter of hours or days. Uh, the primary time that is spent is really under, understanding the challenges that the organization is dealing with. And that usually spans a few weeks uh, of spending a lot of one-on-one -on -one time and even to the point of going on site uh, and, and, and living it with them um, so that we really understand where their barriers are and where their, you know, where the real nuances are. Um, and then we configure um, and deploy uh, relatively quickly from there. Uh, so our deployment times are actually quite 
quite quick um, in, in, you know, uh, a few weeks to a month or so. Could you tell us a little bit what it's like to pitch to these enterprise and government agencies as a startup and what some of the challenges may be? Um, because I know particularly with government agencies and even hospitals, um, it's really difficult to get them to give up their antiquated systems and to trust um, trust a startup. So there's several challenges. You know, one of the, the biggest challenges is that um, – these organizations are highly complex. They have lots of moving parts, um, a lot of different decision makers, and they're always busy, right? They always have a lot of different things on their plate. Uh, so really what we uh, focused in on is how can we alleviate and create capacity for these organizations so that they can focus on other things, more important things. Um, and that's really been our primary focus. So a simple example would be you know, looking at a fire department. How can we go in and provide them tools that's going to allow them to take something that used to take 16 hours? and drive it down to a couple hours. Um, we did an example, uh, one of the projects that we did with the fire department here in California was exactly that. We actually created almost six and a half firefighters worth of capacity. So now these guys can focus on the things that are more important to them, you know, like saving lives and ensuring that their community is safe rather than focusing on paperwork or reporting. Uh, so that's certainly one of the big things that we've found is a challenge for these organizations and where we align with them is to help them create more capacity. Um, the other big challenge that any startup will have, whether that's in enterprise, government, um, or even in the consumer space, um, and, but in particularly our case, um, is the concept of prior performance. Um, it's really important to be able to demonstrate that your software um, and your solutions can meet the needs of your customers and that you have customers that um, really, really rave about your organization and your solutions. So really our first uh, year of when I onboarded our team was primarily focused and is become really the the linchpin of our organization, which is focused on customer success. It really is a very, very big part of what we do because we believe our relationship with our customer and ensuring that the customer is successful, uh, irrelevant of the technology, um, is the most important thing because we know that our technology is going to evolve and new technologies are going to come out. So we very much focus on the customer success, meeting the customer's needs, and providing really strong um, uh, ROI calculations for our customers. So you guys were selected to participate in the 500 Startups class, um, which is a really awesome program. So, Peter, could you tell us a little bit about how that experience has been? Uh, absolutely. So uh, we've been very fortunate to be invited to participate in the 500 Startups um, Batch 20 uh, here in San Francisco. Uh, for, for those that don't know 500 Startups, um, it's a very, very uh, um, great program that focuses really on helping to grow um, startup companies and help them to scale their uh, products, services, and improve their ability to be successful in the markets. And what they do is they pair us up um, with some really uh, amazing mentors um, and, and advisors that really help us to grow all facets of our business, whether that is um, product-related things, uh, distribution and marketing, um, or even customer success. And so we get exposed to a lot of people, uh, in particular the entrepreneurs and residents, what they call these entrepreneurs and residents are either ex-CEOs or ex-executives of um, previous startups that have been either, you know, have had successful exits. So we get to learn from a lot of people that have been in our shoes. 
And that has been vastly helpful for us. Um, the program started towards the end of January and we're at the midway point right now. Um, and, and, you know, we, uh, we really, really, truly, um, think that this is a one, a life changing, uh, thing for a startup, but even as us as individuals, uh, we've been able to build some amazingly strong relationships, um, and learn just from our, our, our other batchmates and learn and be able to collaborate with other startups that are also trying to either break into, uh, these same industries. So it's been a very, very amazing, um, uh, experience, uh, as of yet. What do you think is the most challenging part of the program so far? And what is the coolest thing that you've learned or got to do so far in the program? Um, I, I'd say the biggest challenging thing is, is that we're getting too much good advice. That's probably the, the biggest challenge is that um, there's only so many hours in the day and so many people are giving us such great advice um, and great guidance that uh, we're, we, we want to implement it all and uh, we just have to make sure that we, we, we schedule time for sleep because there is so many things that we want to, we want to do and so the advice has just been fantastic. Um, as far as uh, any one learning, um, I'd probably say it's pretty hard to pinpoint uh, any one learning, but uh, truly uh, a lot of amazing, amazing uh, uh, experiences and, and they're not just simply, you know, hey, lectures, but we're getting the opportunity to see people um, and get to interview people uh, in a similar fashion that have exited in IPOs, you know, that are worth several billion dollars or um, or have had several unsuccessful startups before they had a successful startup. Um, really understanding the journey is not unique to us and that the challenges that we deal with um, are not unique and that the most important aspect, particularly for um, startups, especially startups that are dealing with uh, complex sales cycles and things like that, is uh, each other and being able to lean on each other and not getting discouraged and creating a strong founders network, um, which this one does, uh, which 500 does in an amazing way is to providing a strong founders network to, to you know, continue to support uh, each other um, throughout these processes and the hard times as well as the good times. That sounds like such an awesome and valuable experience. I'm so excited for you guys. Um, and I want updates when you guys are done. But let's go into a little bit about customer success. Um, you had mentioned earlier that the largest part of your onboarding process is engaging with the customer. And onboarding is arguably one of the most critical stages in the customer lifecycle. So could you speak more about your onboarding process and how you engage with the customer during that phase? Absolutely. So... Uh, one of the big things that we really uh, ingrain in, in our internal team, as well as to our customers, uh, which might be counterintuitive for a technology company or a company that's providing a technology solution, um, is that process is more important than technology and that we want to partner with our, our partners and our customers to really focus in on process and making sure that we're doing the right things rather than doing the wrong things right. Um, so we focus very, very highly on partnering with our customers to understand the challenges that they have all the way through doing full process flows and re-engineering exercises with them to first understand what their major challenges are. Um, so that's a big, big part of what we do in terms of providing value. Even before we, we, we give them any sort of technology solution, they get a, a chance to really open up their own hood and say, holy smokes, you know, there's a lot of things in here that are waste and that we shouldn't be doing. Um, so that's a big part of it, and it allows us to really understand where their key pain points are so that we can address them uh, directly. Um, that 
allows us to have a really deep insight and, and really strong relationship with our customers because we get to spend a lot of time with them understanding where their true problems are and even culturally where they run into problems. Um, so the way that we really spend a lot of our time is, again, engaging with customers and measuring um, where they were and where they're going. And so everything from, you know, how long does this take you uh, from even a minute's perspective of saying, hey, you know, this particular report, you know, how long does this take you every single day? If we were able to automate that, would that be something that's going to greatly improve your, your, your time and, and give you more abilities to do other things? And we really focus in on that ROI calculation in terms of saying, hey, you know, where are you spending your time and what kind of capacity are we creating? What time of additional revenue opportunities are we creating? And how many headaches are we alleviating for you? And that's really a big part of how we measure our success. And every project that we do ends in a use case. So we review what the process was before, what the process is afterwards, the type of capacity gains, the type of challenges, and we provide that to our customers as a part of uh, every project that we do. After such an in-depth onboarding process, what do you do to measure and gauge customer success afterwards? Really, the customer journey um, doesn't uh, end with the sale. It doesn't end with the um, with the implementation, really you have multiple facets of the onboarding process. So we try to take a, um, a survey throughout that process um, to really gauge, one, how is their interaction with our account executives? How is their interaction during the onboarding process and discovery process? Um, all the way to how is their experience several months after they've used uh, the software so that we're ensuring that each part of our s customer's journey is optimized. Um, and then obviously we do sometimes uh, and we are working to incorporate some of the more generic things like net promoter scores and um, some high level survey questions as well uh, to get some deeper insight. So what are some of your overall goals with Rockstar this year? Our overall goals, so I'd mentioned to you before one of the really important aspects of uh, building a successful government as well as enterprise business is to focus in on creating successes for your customers and being able to build a portfolio of successes. We spent uh, the majority of the last year um, and a little bit before that um, focusing entirely on, on, on creating these successes and working with some really key reference accounts rather than going and, and, and saying, yes, clearly we can do a lot for a lot of different organizations. We wanted to work with some of our key partners and some of the um, key organizations where we could create a really strong impact. Um, and we really focused in on that. And between creating, I think, about 12 or 18 different use cases across several different verticals, um, all with substantial ROIs and capacity gains and um, very, very happy customers. Um, we now are transitioning and leveraging um, our time here at 502 to help us, um, leveraging how we can now uh, take this and provide the same uh, uh, services uh, to a larger audience and provide these capacity gains and this, these ROIs to other organizations. So really turning from... Um, you know, uh, really getting the opportunity now to do more outreach and to, to touch more companies. And that's really primarily what our goal is this year, is to um, work with more organizations and to start growing uh, the portfolio of companies that, we, that we're creating impacts for. As you guys continue to grow, it will be interesting to see and maybe speak again about the success metrics that you found have the most impact.
So I'm going to wrap up in a second, but is there anything else that you guys want to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think, you know, segueing back to that customer success, um, you know, one thing that we truly believe in and, and why I, I think this was really yeah, um, a treat for us to give this interview is that we really believe customer success is the key to a successful business. Um, and we really treat our customers as partners and recognize that their needs are evolving. And, you know, whether it's um, our team that actually interfaces through the projects, whether it's our developers, or whether uh, it's it's me, um, our entire company is focused on customers and really every piece of our software has been built as a result of working directly with customers. Um, we ensure that we really, really listen to our customers and that we bend over backwards to make sure that they're happy and focus in on um, their success uh, and happiness. And by doing that, it's made us uh, really, really be able to foster some great relationships with our customers, as well as helps us improve our products and offerings, um, because we really get a partner to, to go into some of these really challenging industry issues and provide a new perspective for our customers and do it in a quick amount of time. So um, that is something that we, we truly believe that we think that our, our software will change over time. Uh, but the relationships that we have with our customers should be solid throughout all of those. So that's a big focus of our organization. And, and, and we we're happy to be able to do this interview with you. And I think another thing that we're ecstatic about is just getting to see the larger impact that we're going to make as this gets into more people's hands. I mean, just talking about one vertical that we're working in, fire departments, it's just going to be incredible seeing how how much safer we make the firefighters when responding to incidents, being able to have the floor plans and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, while they're on the way to the site, and then being able to allow them to even keep their citizens safer than they're able to keep themselves, right? Um, and just seeing that impact as we, you know, kind of scale this business and get it into more people's hands and more organizations, it's just going to be absolutely incredible to see, um, you know, the larger impact that this has on, on people's lives. Um, you know, both in the workplace um, and externally. Well, thank you guys so much again for doing this interview. And we're so excited to see your success and where you guys go. Um, and thanks so much to all of our listeners. Please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud and or iTunes, whichever is your preference. We have more interviews coming, so stay tuned.